Trisden here with the Extreme Common Sense Podcast, thanking our friends at Berea Pond. We could not do the podcast without the generous support from Aaron and Robin at Berea Pond. And also, my house wouldn't have nearly as much cool stuff without all the items at Berea Pond. So when you're ready for your next furniture, gun, ammo, pallet, they have so much cool stuff, you're not ever going to regret going to Berea Pond. That's Berea Pond at 107 Clay Drive in the old IGA building across from near New Auto Center. Don't miss out. If you're from the area, you got to get into Berea Pond. We are Trisden and Ray. Having lived and spent time on the coasts and in rural Appalachia, we feel like we have a unique perspective on most topics. Working to find the common sense middle in a country becoming more and more polarized. Welcome to Extreme Common Sense with Trisden and Ray. What's up, Ray? I was waiting for a three-second countdown. It was silent. Oh, it was silent. <laughs> if I do it on air, then everybody hears the <laughs> magic of audio. I have to follow uh, the audible, huh? That's it. So, yeah, I, th- I thought you were just <laughs> vibing with me that you knew that we were doing the silence for three seconds. I should have held my hand up, though. As a good producer, I, I would have given you True. some kind of signal. Yeah. Like a floor man, like a, a studio manager, a floor manager. So um, this is Seinfeld today, a show about nothing. A show about nothing. Indeed. We got nothing. But I've got a I've got a blank piece of paper. I do have a reminder for commercial breaks, and I've got the sponsors. So you, that's I think, something. I think you misspelled commercial. I, I spelled nothing correctly. Oh, okay. And because plus, how do you spell nothing? N U T T H I N. Nothing. The great thing about radio, and this bodes well for my skill set, you don't have to spell anything correctly in radio because it's all audio. So I love that. This is going to test your memory, but I'll bet you remember this, and I won't name. The person. It was a local <laughs> realtor in town. I should write it down for you. You gave her, so I was still there, so it's a while ago. You gave her a script and it said, <laughs> You write insert name. And yes. she read the script with insert name because yes. you got the commercial back and you were like, I'm, Yeah, you were polite yes. to her. It's like, Yeah. Um, that's where you speak your name. So she, you know, absolutely. such and such, insert name here. No, that's where you say your name. You remember that? I absolutely remember that. It was so funny. <laughs> yes. That oh. was. That was rough. Yeah. Um, and, and that's one of those things that the difference, you know, when you're a professional person, uh, you can't laugh and like, you'd love to call somebody out on something, right? right like that is just right, a, right, right. a week of making fun, but that's a client. You're just, oh, actually, ma'am, what you do there is you say your name and then we insert it in the parentheses where it says insert name here. I can tell you a funny story and I'm going to apologize up front, not for my story, which might suck, but for my cold, I've been fighting this cold for a week, Tris, and I did NyQuil like two, I don't really take that stuff, two out of the last three nights and I find myself a little dopey after I do NyQuil, but I thought it was getting me there, it went like my ears and my throat and I haven't gone to the dock, but it's just working my way through. <clears throat> and I've got that wet kind of cough, so it's just, you know, yes, move. it's not COVID. I took a COVID test. Oh, that was my next question. With that, he moves his yes. microphone down. I'm moving the mic. I'm going a little farther what down the table. Dick. No, I get it. <laughs> All right, so I am working for Kelly, and I'll tell you off air who this was because I think he still <laughs> advertises with you. And I was doing my Fox show, and I didn't initiate this. I, honest to goodness, and he came up, and I was helping him with his commercial, and he said, you're that Ray Wyatt, ain't you? And I said, yeah, the one does that left-wing show. And I said, well, whatever. I mean, yeah, that's, that's me. Okay. Said, yeah, I don't, I don't have a whole lot of use for that. Okay, that's cool. So we go on, and he had his kid with him, who at the time was about six. Do you know this story? Not yet. Okay. It sounds vaguely familiar. And he goes in. I don't know if you still have that little isolation booth, do you? just took it down a week ago oh no Actually, kidding yeah there's strewn on the front stoop of the station oh, right no now. shit so yeah. it's been there all this time all this time until yeah literally. replaced by anything they're working on it i have no idea oh, what that's the plan funny is. Yeah. all right so the kid goes into that little isolation booth and i can hear him and he's six and he just reads great you know he just reads perfectly so i compliment the dad i say wow your son reads really well and he says to me yeah the wife and i the wife and i make sure that he reads a lot i said oh so you're raising a liberal <laughs> and 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 Trisden, he oh, got wow. fucking hot. I mean, he was like, "Well, how dare you?" But I thought it was a pretty good line. Not a guy with a great sense of humor. Oh no, no. And I'll tell you off air who it was. And and Kelly actually mentioned that when he quote unquote laid me off. Really? Yeah. He said, "And you can't be insulting clients." I was like, "Insulting clients? What are you talking about?" Well, that's an the- insulting <laughs> client. I mean, that's very funny. 
Had that been my client, though, I certainly would have erred on the side of, Ray, what the heck are you doing? Okay. Man? All so, right. Like, from having <laughs> true story. not be my client, that's a hilarious yeah, story. True story. But not, you know, it, it, and that is one of those things, especially in sales, which you've done, you really are just walking on eggshells around most of these folks. And until you've had them for a few years and you know they've got a sense of humor, and then you could kind of have those types of jokes. You know, I've got clients I've had for a decade that I would never joke with. Oh, they're yeah. Just, they're just not those types of folks. Yeah, I, I, I could probably name a couple. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm sure I know who you mean. No, you, you, that's right. You, you have to. I think that's what makes you a good salesman. That's what makes some other people. Another name we won't say on air, but a good <laughs> friend of ours because he's just the consistent asshole all the time. Yeah. He'll just go in and say whatever to whoever. And, you know, now I'm playing that game now, Tristan, because the, the sale is imminent. In fact, we thought the new owners. So I work for a bowling center. I've managed it for going on 13 years. And the current ownership, they've owned it since it opened in 01, has sold it uh, to a consortium of Indian gentlemen, uh, Patel Group. And we thought the closing was going to be Tuesday. Something else came up. So now the closing is going to be tomorrow. So I'm meeting these guys. And, you know, that's a whole little kabuki dance. You got to feel them out. Now, I will say this. Um, these I don't know these guys well, but they seem to be fine with alcohol, with swearing. Because he, nice. he dropped the F-bomb a couple times. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. And I said, Hamill, you don't have to worry about that in front of us. Alcohol swearing and scantily clad women. Really? Yeah, because we were talking about the bar and how the bartenders kind of have a little bit of too much license, maybe, upon how they dress and present themselves. He's like, no, no, no that's, there's a place for that. I might want them in a little more of a uniform, but okay, that's cool. So, you know. I guess they're Ar- Indians, not Arabs, <laughs> oh, <wow>. <laughs> who don't like drinking, who don't like gambling, and certainly don't like scantily clad women. Well, and you're not going to buy that business, right? If you're, oh, I don't like alcohol, scantily Shouldn't. clad women. You know, yeah. not that well, it's fair. hooters over there, but at the same time, like, yeah. you probably want the girls, if they want to dress cute, to dress cute. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And not going to hurt their tits and, and had, the bar business. No, and he had no, um, no opposition to that. So anyway... So I guess we have to talk about the Mideast. That was crazy. Oh, man. Wild stuff. I mean, so you b- know. Before we get there, and we've got all, all day, uh, new owners aren't yet officially They're in? not. Because no. I thought Monday was the kind of the... the and and then, well, Monday was a holiday, Columbus Day, or yeah. Indigenous People's Day. So they mm-hmm. said it was going to be Tuesday, and then something came up. So now it's going to be tomorrow. Uh, in fact, I had a dentist appointment tomorrow afternoon, which I rescheduled for next week just on the off. I, I assume once the closing happens, they're all going to come in. Um, you know, there's things that have to exchange hands. I'll tell you something funny. So there's a lot of um, not paraphernalia. What's it called? The stuff that's in the bar, the knickknack stuff, stuff hanging on the walls. The decoration, I would just yeah, say. But I know what yeah, you're talking about. Right. So there's a lot of that on the walls, one of which is a signed Jerry Rice jersey, which has been there since I started. If that goes, I'm a big Rice fan. It's already – Mary called Lucas today and said, get that. It's it's a former owner. And well, it was Jeff Gillum. You know yeah, Jeff. Okay, I know Jeff. Yeah. Jeff had left it there after he had been bought out of his piece, and it's been there probably 20 20- – years on the wall yeah and we had it uh screwed in so you'd probably have to get a new frame because we had it screwed in but she she didn't she didn't want that being left to the new owners so we took the sign jerry rice jersey down <laughs> nice. today that's funny isn't that's it pretty good now jeff will get that back jeff will get that back i'm gonna text jeff then and yeah. see if he wants rid of that i'm a big niner fan that's being born and raised yeah it's cool have you you've probably seen it on the wall oh for sure yeah 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 yeah, yeah. The, and there's one other thing that I want when I go. And Lucas said, you should probably take it today, which I did not do. There's a Jeff, our bar manager, bought it at, at a silent auction. And it's Johnny Cash and Elvis from like 1957. I mean, they're babies. Yeah. And it's a black and white, but it's a really cool picture. And I would like to have that. That's, that's all. Awesome. That's all I want. Nice. I think, I think I've earned it. Yeah, I think you can get away with that. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. So yeah, I'm I'm interested, and as you know, I've got a small stake in that. Right. Certainly not what you right. do, but you know, we we do right. consistent advertising, and then we do some social media stuff for you guys on the side. Yeah, so. he's already made a few changes. The ATM is gone, which I we've often thought there we shouldn't be paying a third party. He should own. Mary didn't want to keep the money stocked in there, so we went with a third party. He's going to do that. I think the guy who does the little candy games, Don, who's a great guy. He's my age. He's been coming for years. I think he's probably going to get the. <laughs> Yeah. Get get the heave ho. Yeah. You know, these guys are going to maximize every dollar they can. And I get that. Makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mary didn't want to spend some of that money, but Hamill, I think, will. So. Yeah. 
What do you think? What's the, what's the leaning on? The He's sofa? a really nice guy, and I'm not. I've said this to him three or four times. I'm not blowing smoke or anything. I've met. There's four partners. I've met two. One I'm going to meet next week. There's going to be a partner meeting. One we'll never meet. He's ironically in New Jersey, and I think he's more of a uh, video game, gaming kind of guy. Um, but the three we'll meet, and 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 Hemel and Raj, the two guys that I've met, are really gentlemanly. Now, as Lucas, my co-manager, often says, really until the paper's signed and they're the owners, when the rubber meets the road, you're not going to know. People can blow a lot of smoke, That's but we'll fair. see what happens. I would agree. I think it's going to take till the holidays. It's going to take a couple months yeah. to know how they're going to be to work for. I would think so for sure. Yeah. No, let me ask you this, and this is definitely, I would say, a politically incorrect question, but let me ask it as close to not being horrible sounding as possible. Are you conscious of if you're an Indian group and you take over a business, do you factor in racism and try to keep white folks around when you're buying a business in central Kentucky? I would answer that a hundred percent because I say that because Hamill already asked me that. He said, how do you think people perceive someone who looks like me? And I said, I mean, how honest do you want me to be? Hamill? they're, they're aware that, it's not white people. These guys are aware that they're brown-skinned individuals in a white country. They just are. Well, and it's not like brown-skinned individuals opening a bowling alley in New Jersey. You know, I mean, it's true. It's not maybe true. C- central Alabama, but true. You know, it is central Kentucky, and now we do have that Hindu temple, man, which is crazy. But right. yeah. So yeah. So and again, I would think the same thing. I mean, if I was going to Mexico to buy a business, I wouldn't think yeah, no, I right. want to be the face of that business. And you know, nobody wants. Yeah, not nobody. I think most people are just indifferent. But there is definitely a spending contingent that if they can go spend their money with somebody that looks like them, they will do that. No, I think um, fair or foul. I, I think that's more foul. Why he what, is interested in keeping me and Lucas, but you know, I hope I didn't offend him. But when he asked me that question, I said, "Oh no, they like you. It will be no. Oh, no, you did not. It will be no problem. You did not do that, Hemel. It will be no problem at all. <laughs> Probably wouldn't have been the best best move. Slushy with your playboy, sir. Wow. Hope he doesn't listen. Uh, no, he actually has no accent. His partner, Raj, has a his accent was pretty thick. I was having a hard time um, understanding Raj, but sure. but a very, very nice, nice fella. So, uh, yeah, we'll see, man. It's going to be it's going to be interesting. Like, you know, I turned 63, Triz. I, I'd like to get to 65 before I retire. But if it happens sooner, I, I can make it work. Sure. So well, and we'll definitely be interesting. And, and I don't feel as though. <sighs> With your work ethic and experience, it would be tough to say, yeah, I'll just do something else for a couple of years, be it, you know, something at Wallingford or part-time or shit greeter at Walmart. But, you know, nonetheless, you still, you're comfortable. You'd like to be where you are. Now, I did have a regular come up to me. This is, I think I told you this off air, but I don't think I told it on the show. God's honest truth on my mom's grave. It was, I think it was Eastern and UK and it was on. Yeah, it was. And we had found a way to get it on the TV might have been illegal but we had it on <laughs> and i'm sitting in the bar and all i'm trying to do i'm sitting at a at a stool away from the bar just trying to watch this game and this regular he's there literally every day you know i had uh, friends in jersey named the duffies who owned several bars and george duffy used to say that any bar for any bar to be successful you need five good drunks nice well this guy's one he's there every day so you got to treat him somewhat with kid gloves and he walks up to me it's probably three weeks ago and he says to me so what are we going to do about these fucking Indians? Oh, no. It's exactly what he said to me. And I'm like, do what? And, well, the guy, I, I said, nah, you know, at that point, I, I wasn't even sure. He said, I said, why, why does it concern you? And he said, well, I got a spot here I'm comfortable with, and I don't want them messing around with it. So, you know, that's another sort of answer to your question. Right. Well, you know what? I, I don't feel as though I would not go or switch my habit because of the owner, unless they were mean, you know, of any race. Sure. But I do, you do feel that there is that vibe, certainly again, locally here in central Kentucky, where they would say, if I can go spend my money with, you know, somebody that's not from another place, I will do it. That's right. And I actually, now that you asked that, it's all coming back to me. So he, the reason Hemel, uh, I, I just thought about this. The reason that conversation came up, Tristan, is Hemel found out I was had grown up from New Jersey, grown up in New Jersey, and he was interested in that because apparently Jersey has the largest population of Indian of Hindu people 
of the 50 states. Really? And so he said, oh, you're from New Jersey. There must be a lot of Hindu. And I said, well, you know, I grew up in a, in a white town, as, as Mark, our good buddy, who I assume is still listening, reminded me. It's only like 93% white now. Buzz, come on. Oh, wow. You're saying it was 100%. It's, there's like 7% of people that, you know, okay, Mark. But, um, but, you know, I remember working at Crazy Eddie, uh, which was in uh, Totowa, New Jersey, sort of getting close to Patterson at that point. And, uh, well, it is. It's a section of Patterson, really. And there were a lot of, uh, of Hindu folks, because I used to tell you, they, you always knew they were going to barter. You know, they were, they were, they were going to, no, I don't want to pay that. Actually, they would say, what is my price? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, so speaking of bartering, Jewish folks. Oh, yeah, you want to talk about the war? Well, it was just a travesty, man. I mean, how can you not, you know, I mean, it's, I'm sure there are religious factions somewhere here in America, the evangelicals who think, you know, this is the uh, fulfilling of revelations, right? That this is going to be Armageddon. They're, they're happy to go. The rapture's around the corner. Isn't that, I mean, not to sidebar the point you're trying to make, but isn't that a crazy part of religion and TikTok now, which works on an algorithm that shows you what you like has started showing me a lot of, um, I guess, anti-religious content. And that's one of the consistent points they make is that religion basically says, this life sucks so bad, just suffer through it. Your rewards are in the next life. And if you look at a lot of the wars, certainly the Middle East, that's, I don't care to go die and strap on a, a bomb and commit suicide because this world sucks we're well, going to the next one and and look there's no justification for what hamas did there's no justification for the 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 uh, just the barbaric nature of how they treated very innocent people very good people um the only so i should tell before i make this point i should probably tell this story it was like September 17th, 2001, Dresden, and there was this, uh, so, so September 11th was a Tuesday, so let's say it was the next Sunday, maybe, or Monday, and there was this uh, concert, and it was, you know, everything was so crazy during those days, and it was like shrouded in mystery. They wouldn't disclose the location, and it was just a series of artists, and it was ultimately going to headline with Springsteen, and NBC broadcasted, and it was like, I don't want to say it was like dark, you know, foggy and smoky, but it was almost like that. Like it was just so much mystery. And I watched that with Tony Butler, who was my neighbor. Vinny actually didn't make that. Tony Butler was my neighbor who went over with me, former Marine, which there are no former Marines. He was, he had served in the Marine Corps. There were Alan and Rex Stockard who had worked for Vince and I, brothers, both Marines. And there were two friends of theirs, both Marines. So there were six people in the room watching the show, all wonderful guys, and and me. The only non-Marine was me. It's the 17th of September, 2001, and I say, any of you guys think about why it is or what America has done that would have prompted those guys to fly their planes, killing themselves just to kill Americans? And they were like, absolutely not. Don't give a shit. Fuck that. Fuck them. And I was like, okay. Time and place. I learned a lesson. So I say that to ask this question because, you know, I'm watching the different coverage and Fox is obviously more to the right than is, you know, Biden slept through it, according to Fox. And, you know, we have to be fully with Israel and both CNN and MSNBC, as I would say, certainly fully with Israel. It's the one democracy in the Middle East. 100 percent support. They're great people there. They don't deserve any of this. But sort of to your question. I'm pretty sure those Palestinians in Gaza really do live like shit. A lot of sure. people say it's a it's an open air mm. prison. I know since Hamas was elected in I think '06, um, Israel has had a full blockade, air, land, and sea. Unemployment is like sixty percent. There used to be a lot of Palestinians who came through the border to work in Israel. The Israeli government locked that down. So there is some desperation. And, and you know those Hamas fighters knew. I mean, Israel's nobody to fuck with. They knew the retaliation was going to be severe. And even at that, they still went ahead and did this. Again, no excuse completely. Sure. If, if they go in and, and, and run them out, so be it. They, 
brought it upon themselves. But there's something going on there. It's not just hatred of Jews. It's somehow the way that they're being forced to live that's prompted no, some of it. I, I don't and again, that. I want to make clear, this is in no way to excuse it. You see what's going sure. on on these college campuses now where these presidents are having to backtrack. Harvard, MIT, Stanford, where the kids are protesting that this is the fault of the Jews, you know, that uh, free the uh, Palestinians. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just kind of asking the question, like, what does actually go on in Gaza City? I, I think that's more than fair. You know, I've got a lot of Jewish relatives that would say the treatment of Palestinians is subpar to be nice about it. Yeah. So, you know, I'll, I'll just echo in my own voice the exact point you're making. No innocent person who's not affiliated with the government or military deserves to be drug out of their house and murdered. Absolutely um, not. Obviously on either side. Absolutely there's, not. I mean, I don't know how you handle a situation the Palestinians find themselves in. Again, I think it goes back to when you're basing your decisions on a fucking fairy tale, both sides. Right. This is the type of shit that happens. God wants me to have this land. Oh, no. God promised it in my religion magic book. Fair it is enough. Our, you know, fuck both of those things. Right. Like it's, it's fake. I'm sorry. I don't, you know, I hope none of my clients or people are listening. There's nothing there that is, there's no God telling these people they deserve some land. Neither one. And, you know, what Jews have done with some of these, uh, I can't think of what they're called, but with some of these pop-up, uh, not civilizations, but um, pop-up living spaces that is oh, yeah, yeah, encro yeah. encroaching on yeah. Palestine. Like, right. it, it's hard to watch. I mean, settlements. The settlements. settlements, thank yeah. you. So, no, I mean, it's, to, to say that it's one-sided, like, not, again, they, nobody deserves a terrorist attack. Nope. But it also doesn't mean that everything that Israel's doing over there to the Palestinians is the, the way we should be anybody should be treating people right. also. Right. So it's a complicated shitty mess. Oh man. And I don't know that there's an easy answer unless everybody just goes away from religion and they work out some kind of agreement and uh, you know, but it's just it's a very sad situation for both. It really is a sad situation for both, and and it's just a, and, and you know what, Tristan and Patty doesn't necessarily agree with this. My wife, I would love to go. I should get your opinion. I would love to go to Israel. I would love to see that country. I mean, to see the history there, to see where Jesus was crucified, you know, to go to the the uh, location of the Sermon on the Mount, and on and on and on and on. I would love to go to Israel. I don't think I'd want to go now, but. Do you, any, not, not today. Any, yeah. uh, not today. Any um, interest in visiting the Middle East? Man, I think so. Um, yeah. It wouldn't be the first stop on my, I could, you know, plan 15 trips anywhere in the, you know, world. But no, I mean, I think if it was one of those things that just worked out, I've got a relative that says I'm going, let's, you know, I would certainly be fascinating by, fascinated by it. I mean, you know, I don't, I mean, is Jesus historically provable as a real person? Sure. That's because I've I've heard mixed uh, the historic Jesus. No, I think Jesus of Nazareth Nazareth was an historical person. Was he the only begotten Son of God? Yeah, I don't sure. about that. Well, I, but I've, I, yeah, I've just you've heard, heard you've heard that, that the, his, his life is a myth. Yes. Oh, really? Yeah, that that's also an allegory. A, there's really nothing that can prove that he actually well, existed. So again, so I don't I'm, I'm not saying that either that. way. Yeah. I'm not as deep in the you know that theology. Portion. Yeah, I'd love to know. Do we know um, any? Do we have any friends who are theologians? I don't think we do. It's nobody you and me. would be my friend. I could bring Richard in here. Nice. I don't know that he'd come. My neighbor, yeah. the, my one Bible neighbor. Yeah, I'm sure he would tell you. He the, would agree with me. I'm sure. Yeah, us. I'm sure the historic <laughs> Jesus exists for him. Yeah, and he may certainly may have. I, I don't. I'm asking the question. I'm not sure. Yeah, but but no, I think for for all the good religion and you know folks do when they care about their neighbor and love the poor, etc. Man, when you look worldwide at the people that have died in crusades and wars, and oh, if God. you look at the Middle East, like, man, religion is, it's rough. It's rough to see what happens because of my God's better than your God. There's some of that, and I guess it's so much of the duality of life for all the good that religion does, and it does. I mean, if you, whether or not it's provable that the historic Jesus lived, if you lived your life in the model that he left or that that allegory left, if that's the case, it'd be a pretty wholesome life, right? Sure. If you truly lived by the Ten Commandments, um, which is Old Testament, but still, if you lived by the Ten Commandments or you lived by the model that Jesus gave us, which is, you know, treat people people with respect, do unto others, uh, you know, look, look out for the, the underlings, right? Don't, don't be concerned only with, with uh, accumulation of stuff kind of lost on a lot of Americans that lesson, right? Well, you got the Republican Jesus, which is 
kind of the, the funny thing. The Osteen dude down in Houston, <laughs> that new theory where, you know, you're actually uh, celebrating Jesus by accumulating wealth. Really? Yeah. I don't that's think a little that's twisted message. Agreed. And he's such a creep. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, uh, Joel, Joel Osteen. Osteen. What a creepy bastard. Yeah, I, mean, I completely if, agree. With no offense to whoever likes Joel Osteen, and maybe I'm, maybe he's the nicest guy in the world, but if you found he had 10 kids in his basement, would that shock you in the least? No chance. Exactly. No, there, there's a lot of those guys. A little creepy. Who's the, And you may know this. I can't think of his name, but uh, he's an older televangelist. He's got the big crazy Hagee. eyes and looks like Satan. That guy is crazy. Well, there's a bunch of them. Hagee is a crazy. He's, he wears glasses, but yeah, yeah there's there's a few, it's, man. He's trying to get money because his old private jet. Oh, he's trying you know, to get needs money. needs a new private jet so he doesn't have to ride with oh, the animals and the demons. Oh, yeah. he's trying to have to try. Yeah, no, that's what he said. Money. It was crazy. That was a quote. But let me say this, too. Uh, but what's on, crazier, that, the quotes or the people that actually send these guys money? Man, and how? it's really... Man, that's sad because most of those folks need that money, sure. right? They're older, oh, yeah. fixed income well, folks. And- hey, please keep your thought, but yeah. I had a professor, I still remember her name, Paula Rothenberg. She taught philosophy at William Patterson College, and she had taken a trip to South America, a heavily Catholic country, and a heavily, heavily Catholic uh, continent, South America, and I guess she was in Brazil or one of the Catholic countries, and... Uh, it actually pissed her off. She was Jew- Jewish born, but practiced no religion, um, a- atheist by her own admission. And it literally made her angry, Tristan, to see these m- older elderly women who are t- probably supporting a, a, a family the best they can to take a couple of pennies and drop them in those, uh, you know, the votive candles, I believe they're called, to make an offering in this palatial church that could feed the entire fucking village and it just it really got her ire up like to see these women like she wanted to go up there and say no stop keep that you can buy a couple of loaves of bread don't put it in there but you know that's just so hard to rationalize any of it i guess they feel the offering is going to get them a better place like you said before this life is miserable so you're living living for the next life shooting for the next one yeah that's why this one does not matter at all yeah no i i completely agree and and shout out to uh, jack spears and the church i grew up in uh for a lot of my childhood uh didn't pass an offering plate was my first grade teacher who also he built a church on his own you know there was a dozen people that showed up and you know it was it was nice i mean church has a lot to offer but it, it does some of the negatives really are a drawback certainly tithing and it, when you're poor tithing is such a joke but uh, the um, going back to the point i was going to make about um uh, the jewish folks in palestine this war you know it reminds me a lot too of the what we saw with the china virus the china virus when you try to you know hold every group of people in origin accountable for a war like you know if we just started you know going around beating up russians because of the war in ukraine like that's so nonsensical and there although there apparently is a group of folks that are dumb enough to believe that so the fact that we would hold you know what israel does we would hold american jews accountable or you know for what russia does we would hold american russians or because of a, a virus that you know nobody wants that you know however it started the average chinese person didn't hope for that want it or intentionally spread it so us being angry at individuals in america for that i I can't even rationalize that yeah isn't that so horrible yeah no it's 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 ridiculous but i think now it is proportion um you know the secretary of state blinken is over there today and i've heard it said that Publicly, he will say what Biden said. We are fully supportive, 100%. Uh, Israel has our full support, whatever they need, et cetera, et cetera. And then privately, we'll say, look, Mr. Netanyahu, Prime Minister Netanyahu, I'm not sure if going in and just completely leveling Gaza, because we have some interest over here also and so forth. But, you know, I don't think you can talk them out of it. I mean, it, it appears as though they are prepping, they being the Israelis, are prepping for a full-on ground assault of Gaza. And Gaza is one of the t- top three most uh, densely populated places in the entire world. Wow. I think it's a 47-mile strip by seven miles wide. And there's several million, maybe four million people in that strip. Don't quote me on that. Unbelievable. But it's densely, densely populated populated and um, one of the things they have said is that Hamas who was duly elected quote unquote in 2006 but then never uh, never held an election since so not exactly you know 
mirroring democracy. They have gotten money from Iran and from Qatar, that country of Qatar. The best I can figure about Qatar, Tristan, is that they just pay off everybody so that they keep them happy. They pay Al-Qaeda and they pay Hamas and they pay Hezbollah so that they're never coming after them. I think because I got nothing but fucking money there. It, yes. A, I think it's the wealthiest country. Money, yeah. Yeah, I think it's the wealthiest country in the world per capita, Qatar, Kuwait. And so a lot of money came to them. And Hamas, rather than put it, they put some into hospitals and schools and keeping people fed, but a limited amount. And what they've done with the rest is they have fortified themselves and built these intricate, this intricate tunnel system under Gaza City, prepping for an Israeli attack. Oh, wow. So a lot of these Hamas fighters are now tucked away in all these fucking tunnels. So it really would make a, a ground assault very difficult. Very now, the Israeli Defense Forces are best in the world, right after, you know, U.S. Marines and U.S. fighting forces. The Israelis are nobody to mess with. Yeah. Yeah. No joke at all. And, and they're nuclear. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, it's just a scary time, right? Like, you just hate to, oh, it's a scary to time. see all this. And, yeah. you know, ultimately, I mean, again, if you're, you're taking titles out and you're taking out heritage out of the, the picture and, you know, you and I are sitting here as neutral beings. Observers. Affiliation. You're just gonna say, why the fuck aren't these people just treating each other better? Like, it's it's just horrible. And again, for me, I have nothing to fall back on except religion is the root cause of these people who feel entitled to this spot. And here's the crazy thing, Tristan, not to be racist, which it won't be because it's the same in different parts of the world. If a Palestinian and a Jew are standing next to each other, you and I can't tell them apart any more than we could tell an Indian and a Pakistani apart, or frankly, an Irishman and an Englishman standing next to each other. Sure. You know, I might have a little better knowledge on Irish and English because it's mine, but, but still I could confuse it. But people yeah. from India and Pakistan or the Arab world, they're not going to have a, they're white people. They look the same. You know, yeah. we can't even fucking tell them apart, but boy, they're going to battle. Yeah. They're going to battle. So, and I it, think it's, it, at one point, right under Bill Clinton, didn't we get really, really close to solving this and then got a, something happened? Yeah, I mean, solving it's hard to say. It's literally centuries old. I mean, Jimmy Carter brought uh, Anwar Sadat and Begin together in the uh, Camp David Accords, and so that was Egypt and uh, Israel, and they haven't had a uh, they haven't had a fight since because that sixty seven war was Egypt invading invading Israel, and the Israelis beat the shit out of them. They, they're a good fighting force. Um, and then uh, Jordan, through, uh, uh, through another agreement, maybe that was Clinton, um, Jordan has, an, uh, has sort of a peace alliance, if you will, with Israel, and they've been getting along pretty well. And then Trump, with uh, his son-in-law, Kushner, those Abraham Accords, they were trying to get Saudi Arabia and Israel together, and we're making some inroads. So, yeah, there have been some good things. But, you know, the, that's the other thing. Saudi Arabia is always, you know, because I guess they're the biggest power in the area. They're the biggest country, and they're and Iran, Iran, who they yeah. say has backed Hamas. It's just you know, what happens to America if you know Israel gets attacked from three sides? If the 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 uh, Hezbollah to the north, the Hamas to the west, there where the West Bank is, and then Syria maybe gets involved. You know, now now Israel's getting attacked on three sides. Does the United States feel compelled to go in? I'm sure we would. Thankfully, we've got a president who's right on the ball. <laughs> no doubt. Cheap shot at Joe. If, if, Have you, did you see Fox say he was sleeping through the... No, no, no that's the least surprising thing you could have said. <laughs> uh, believe me, I'm sure if Trump was president, he would snap his fingers, right? And there would be no It would war. just be over. It would just be completely done. I would talk to both. I would say, this is no thing. Easy. Easy peasy. Or Elon. Elon. There you go. So on that note, we could take a quick commercial break and get back to the uh, happiest show we've ever done. Happy. All right. Hi, this is Tony with We Do Epoxy, and I'm looking for ugly floors. I mean, so ugly, dirt won't stick to it. We can take your ugly garage, basement, porch, or patio and turn it into a work of art in just a couple of days. Is your garage floor so ugly you keep the door closed to prevent anyone from seeing it? We Do Epoxy can fix that. Stop living with ugly concrete. Call me today at 859-582-7920. That's Tony at 859-582-7920. Nothing makes me happier than hearing uh, commercials. No. I, that's it is your life something about and knowing that it is your life not last week but at some point down the road tony's gonna get me a big check 
He did walk out in the parking lot and stiff us. <laughs> man, he's fired up about jury duty, isn't he? That man is... It's a civic duty, Tony. You just got to do it and grin and bear it. But he, no, he makes a point. It's a great point. I think the problem is if he wants to make that change politically, he's got to get a lot of money behind him. He's lobbying all these folks. Like, you never want to make somebody feel like you can't make a difference on your own. Certainly with social media, you can make a lot more of a difference as an individual than you ever could. I just don't know that there's a benefit for an Andy Barr or a Governor Bashir. Right. Like, what's in it for them? They you typically don't just politically. But you do. I mean, think about it. If you were being paid, Tony mentioned what legislators make. That's probably pie in the sky. But let's just say they were able to pay you 250 bucks a day, thousand bucks a week, or minimum wage even probably would be. Yeah, go something. a little better than. That. I wonder what the interest would be. I wonder if you. But you don't. You also don't want full time. You can't have full time jurors, right? You can't. You know, can't be your job to go. I want. Well, what about that? That might be. A, we didn't talk about that. What about just full time jurors, Tony, who get paid pretty well? It's probably some great points. Uh, Pro and con, but, you know, sounds pretty good to me. If you don't know what we're talking about, our last guest last week, Tony Perkins, came in and he was voicing his displeasure with uh, jury duty because he's been pegged three times now in like, I think, seven years or something. And it's $5 a day and seven fifty expenses. So you get twelve fifty a day. And <laughs> it's really kind of and, and your um, employers under no obligation to pay you. They're under an obligation to grant you the time, but it's right. not paid time off. I guess unless you're salaried, then you'd get, you know. But if you're working for yourself, as Tony is, yeah, you ain't getting no money. Yeah. yeah. So uh, as I was driving in, they were talking about perhaps a new Speaker of the House, Steve Scalise. But he, um, they had one vote already. It came down to him and Jordan, Jim Jordan. And, um, and he doesn't have enough votes yet. So I don't know by the time you hear this if there will be a Speaker of the House. But it looks like if there will be, it'll probably be Scalise from uh, somewhere down south. He was definitely my pick over Jim Jordan. You know, Jordan seemed, yeah, I think they're both uh, MAGA, pretty, right MAGA pretty far yeah, right. Yeah. I th- although I think Scalise is maybe old school, super right wing more so Possibly. than MAGA right wing. T-bar- party kind of. Yeah, and, and I'm, yeah, and, and Jim Jordan mm-hmm. is more MAGA. Right. So I would say that's right. So I would take a Scalise, like if I was picking as a moderate. You I remember would, when he was shot at the yeah, softball game? Yeah, crazy. I mean, pretty, pretty seriously injured. Yeah, yeah, no, he seems like a likable guy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they're both very conservative, but I mean, you know, that's where we're at now, right? And some of the Jim Jordan stuff, uh, was it Ohio, Ohio State, State wrestling? Some of the wrestling stuff, I mean, you know, he didn't do anything to the point, I guess, of uh, there's no trial, he's not guilty, but man, Hearing some of that strange stuff, stuff. It's, it's pretty gross. Like, yeah, he looks like a wrestler. Uh, <laughs> he looks like a, he could be a pretty tough dude. And I'm sure, I'm sure yeah. you and I would find, I think he's a guy's guy. I'm sure we would find him, his company fine. But uh, it, yeah, it didn't really involve him at Ohio State. I think what it involved was him sort of looking the other way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't do anything yeah, specifically. Right. Right. He just didn't also make anything. He didn't make it better. There was a coach accosting some of the young guys. Yeah. 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 Yeah, just a creepy story. Isn't that kind of what wrestlers do? I mean, <laughs> it's no. kind of the deal. No, I always had respect for wrestlers. Those guys work hard. Sure. They, they really do. No, seriously. Where is our show going? They're in great no, shape. I love wrestlers. Well, no, they're in good shape. I'm no, not talking I, about I professional disagree. wrestlers. I'm talking about in high school. Oh, I like Hogan. I mean, wrestling was big in Jersey. Uh, yeah, John Stewart, famously big fan. Was John Stewart a wrestler? I'm no, a I think. fan of wrestling. No, Stewart was a soccer player. Okay. You know the name Dan Gable? No. no, you could Google him. That's a big name. He was one of the great Greco-Roman wrestlers. So we was, a, you know, I was an athlete. We was. And and we used to take turns answering the uh, athletic department telephone. And I remember answering the phone one day, and this voice asked for Coach Spencer, who was our wrestling coach. And I said, oh, I don't. Th- I might have been a junior in high school. I don't think he's around. Can I take a message? Yes. Would you please tell him that Coach Gable from Iowa is calling? Oh, wow. I was like, is this? Dan Gable, Coach Gable. Yes, sir, it is. Yeah. Yeah, you can Google Dan Gable. He was uh, a couple-time Olympian. I mean, just one of the truly great American wrestlers. And then he may, I don't know if he's still alive or not, but he had a hell of a career, collegiate career coaching as well. So anyway, Triz, we got to kill another 20 minutes. What else you got? (laughs) Well, I would say that's kind of the fun thing about my job now. I'm mostly more working from home now. But the cool thing about working, what I imagine, uh, you know, where I work, but, you know, like Lexington TV radio stations, you just periodically get a call from like, yeah. you know, 
hey, it's Chris Stapleton. I was calling for a DJ. You know, what the hell? Like, it's just a, it's cool when that randomly happens. Absolutely. And, and probably uh, during your tenure at Wallingford. Yeah. You know, yeah. every other month or so, you're just, yeah, I'll, I'll grab them for you, uh, you know, Garth Brooks or whatever. Sure. It's, it's pretty cool. I heard Lewis Black tell a story, the comedian, that he was early on. I think he's taught school in, like, Brooklyn or somewhere. And he was starting his comedy career by doing some shows in clubs in New York. Early on, he's not Lewis Black yet. And um, he comes home back in the day of answering machines and the light's blinking and he hits the hits it and the message says, uh, I saw your act last night and I'm going to tell you two things. Uh, there's not a lot that I could do for you, but what I can, I will do. And you've got the right stuff. Keep going. You're going to make it. And it was George Carlin. Unbelievable. And Lewis was like, oh my, he said, I called my mother. He's like, oh my God, George Carlin just told me I can make it. You know, that is God telling you in the world of comedy. That's, That's amazing. pretty wild. Yeah. Awesome. So I think I've heard him tell that. Yeah. Which, you know, how do you not tell that every time you got a camera on you? Right, You're right, right. Awesome story. Right. And uh, speaking of that, uh, kind of cool news. Again, sometimes you, um, I'm, I guess, the de facto booker and you kind of make these and sometimes they fall through. But I think we've had a pretty good run of most of the folks that say, I'm going to do the show, do the show. And uh, I've got comedian Kevin McCaffrey booked, I think, in two weeks. And he is a very funny comedian. I'm actually going to play a bit of his comedy at the end of the show. But he is Mike Pence's cousin, does Thanksgiving with Mike no Pence. No shit, like blood cousin. Blood cousin. Oh, and wow. Not a Mike Pence fan oh, politically. No. <laughs> so some great comedy from Kevin McCaffrey and uh, look forward to uh, to kind of hearing his thoughts because that's that's fascinating. That's great. Oh, yeah. I, I love the people that are like, you know, the nephew of the famous people because they've got the best stories. Any idea how old Kevin is? Because Pence is my age. He's 62 yeah. or 3. I'm going to guess Kevin is about my age, maybe yeah. a couple years so old. He's, but he's been in, 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 in uh, Vice President Pence's company. Yeah, I mean, all the time. So That is wild. Yeah, so that'll be kind of a, I imagine that'll be an easy hour to fill up. I'm going to say you don't tell any dirty or, or, or dirty jokes or, uh, you know, you watch your language in front of Mr. Pence. Oh, yeah. I, you wonder, like, is he just kind of a bro at Thanksgiving and he, you know, turns it off? Because, again, you know, these now Trump may be the exception. Most people are, you know, putting on a version of themselves for the American Absolutely. people. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I think Pence is a pretty wholesome guy, but there was a funny story told during um, the COVID, uh, you know, when he was on that task force. And I don't think it was direct. I know it was not directed at Anthony Fauci, but it was directed at somebody. And one of the lawyers said, you know, he's a fucking asshole. And Pence was right there. And he turned and he said, Mr. Vice President, I, I, am, I apologize for my language. And Pence said to him, no need to apologize when what you're saying is true. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> and who was he talking about? I can't remember, but he was talking about somebody. Yeah. That's... And he was like, no need to apologize when it, it, I, I, I want to say it was Fauci, but it wasn't Fauci. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, pretty that's funny. hilarious. Yeah. Pretty but, funny. But no, uh, we had uh, the, the guy that uh, was uh, part of the Secret Service for... Was it Dick Cheney talking about going on the hunting trip and oh, nearly getting yeah, shot? That's right. Some of those stories are just the amazing. Texas boy. Yeah, yeah. His name. I've forgotten that interview. Illusion. God, we've done a lot of shows. That yeah. was a fun show. It was unbelievable. Uh, it began with a B because he was your Brockman or something like that. He was he was your buddy. Yeah, because yeah. you went on his nice show guy. also. Yeah, well, he was. You, a, okay, we did a show. With we him, did. And then, he was uh, a character. I've forgotten that show, Tris. Jesus, yeah. but. Uh, but yeah, some of those stories about people who are with some of these people, so you get to peel the curtain back a little sure. bit. Yeah, that's the best. Yeah. Dead air. <laughs> Man, is that a first? <laughs> that's our, our, our I mean, first. We could talk ever. sports. The Jets are hanging in there, two what, and three. What an awful thing to happen to the Jets, man. Like, you I'm, could not have wrote. I mean, that's the only proof that maybe there is a God and he hates the Jets. <laughs> We're going to give you the one of the best quarterbacks of all time and literally on like his second drive. We're immobilizing him for the I, year. I uh, love my brother dearly, but he's one of the most cynical and dark-clouded people you'll ever meet. As he says, he didn't smile a lot in high school. But, uh, you know, he lost his mom at 15, so, you know, maybe that plays a role sophomore in high school but we're sitting up at the cabin in lake george where i go typically we go every summer and we're having a beer 
And I think Rogers, Rogers signed around the end of April. So this is July. And I'm like, hey, how about uh, Rogers? You know, you might have a shot. That defense is great. Robert Salah, the new coach, third, fourth year now, seems like he knows what he's doing. And I swear to goodness, Tristan, not, he didn't mention ankle or knee or he goes, second game. Cause I texted him and you were off by game. He goes, ah. Our luck, second game, Rodgers will blow his Achilles and be out for the year. <laughs> Wasn't the second game. First game, fourth snap. That I mean, it's really hard to fathom. Unbelievable. You know? Like, that is <coughs> – and it's hard not to laugh at because that is just – It's a, almost comical. It is. It, it becomes a point where that it's, – it's almost unreal. It's so ridiculous. Just endure the suffering, Jets. <laughs> J-E-T-S. I saw that shirt. It's a good Just acronym. endure the suffering. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's Just take your suffering and offer it up. <laughs> Both teams stink. The The Giants are not great. And the Jets don't stink. I mean, they're two and three. This kid, I know you're not the biggest NFL fan, but this Zach Wilson is hanging in there. You know, the Jet brain trust yeah, didn't, didn't make a move for any other quarterback. They didn't bring in one of the old timers, Matt Ryan or or whoever. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, he wrote a letter to the what Jet management. That? that was pretty interesting. Uh, my feeling is Colin Kaepernick has been definitely disbarred or blackballed from the NFL. It I, does I, feel that way. I think it's definitely that way. You would at least bring him in and let him throw. I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, it seemed not, not just the Jets, but just the and, whole yeah, way. League-wide. Yeah. Now, does he deserve that, would you Would you say? No. Yeah. No. I agree. First like he's, he's had a couple comments that I'm sure he would like to take back, a couple shitty things about the police and things that made it more of a generalization than kind of focusing on maybe individuals or certain folks that overstepped or did the wrong thing specifically. But outside of that, in some of those comments, I, I agree. Like, give the man a chance to come back in and make a living. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's been six or seven years now, so he's, yeah, at this you know, point, who knows what he's, yeah, it's very he tough. He did say in the letter, though, that he works out every day as though he's an NFL quarterback and keeps himself in that How about that? Shape. That's crazy. So do I. So, yeah, both of us do. Look at me. Yeah, are we moving to YouTube? People can actually see us? We really, really should do that, especially do in, you think in so, this Tristan? room. Well, I mean, imagine the women that would tune in. We'd, we'd Fair. double our audience. Fair, yeah. Like now it's mostly guys Brad. that want to hate, hate listen to our political takes. Brad Pitt and George Clooney. Yeah, unquestionably. <sighs> and Trump still just keeps rising in the polls. <laughs> I wish there was a, a comment that I could make that was equal to how I feel about that. I mean, I was thinking the other day, um, I can't, one of the, one of his generals, you'll be able to pull it off the top of your head. Um, joint chiefs of staff general that Flynn or now Flynn was the crummy guy, Kelly, who was his secretary of, uh, who was his, uh, chief of staff. Yeah. Or I, I like don't master or, yeah. um, on and on they go. Yeah. But it was just Millie could have been Millie, Yeah, but it just felt like, how many people now these are the best folks we're bringing in the best people how many of the people that he hired like left and wrote a book or they're now on meet the press or they're part of a a, a trial against him it's unbelievable yeah, it's crazy isn't it like, i don't know how rational folks can't look at that alone and th- like you if you had 15 minutes and a piece of paper you could come up with 30 folks that he gave a speech and hired as the best folks, and they're going to come in and do this. That left and now hate him, and yeah. they say he's corrupt. And you know, they wrote a book, and it's all about how awful everything was. And yet, there's nothing you can do to make that 30 35 percent of Americans no. believe that. There like, seems it's, to it's be fake, nothing. it's it doesn't count, they're just jealous. I mean, it makes you pull your hair out. I mean, one of the things that I feel like in politics. You know, if you're a partisan hack, is uh, I don't feel as though we are. I feel like we're more toward the middle. But I think if you listen to what, like the Mitt Romneys and uh, the Joe Mansions of politics say, because you, to give them credit, they're not always on the far edge of their party. No, there's they're no basically moderates, right? And, and that's both parties represented, right? Nobody that's moderate in either party is pro-Trump. You won't find somebody that's rational thinking. That's not on the right wing MAGA train in politics publicly that will be pro Trump because everybody with enough sense to really look at both sides, even if they like his policy, realizes what a nightmare four years that was politically. We hope. I mean, he may become president again. Oh, unquestionably. And I think he's got a great chance to do that. I mean, what's it take? You know, Joe Biden 
slipping off an escalate escalator uh well i mean the day before the election and we, that but even or just rfk running as an independent yeah. maybe enough to pull some votes i mean it, it, it wouldn't take much i mean they're going to be neck and neck yeah even the perception now i mean god bless fox they have done an enormously good job of pounding home joe's addled and drooling and sleeps through meetings and it's now the perception and it's joe biden's never going to get past that perception it's probably a good reason for him you know to say he's not going to run again but you know, that perception is there. He's not going to get over it. Trump is going to play on that. And it does seem to be that everybody who gets close to Donald Trump, almost without exception, winds up either their career is ruined or they're in jail or they're testifying against him or they're writing books, telling all it's crazy. And somehow he just he's truly the energizer bunny. He just keeps going along. The most Teflon of any Teflon yeah, human being ever. But I guess if you're willing to just say anything right it's you know there's no guardrails because he's just you know he's just willing to say anything he's willing to say anything and one thing that i think is unique to donald trump and he literally changed history with this he's the first person to actually change reality through perception in that you can watch something happen know it happened I had the largest inauguration crowd in the history of inaugurations. Here's pictures of you taking the stage with much less than Obama had. Right. And that's fake. That's fake news, Ray. And that started on day one and literally continued. If it's either I love the news or that news is not real and that's people it. just believe it. I mean, I, well, I, I'm blown away by that. But I think it does go back to my point that I don't think can be made too much, which is that I've thought long and hard as to what Donald Trump's appeal was. And yeah, it could be like you talk about your uh, quote unquote stepfather who, you know, who, who had never been politically involved and he lit that fire with him and somehow he was talking to working class people and so on and so forth. But I think those are still small. I really believe it's for people who have lost faith in America's institutions. I really believe that. And that number is growing, Tristan, which is sure. part of the appeal to Trump. And, you know, maybe there are some reasons for that. I have not. And, I, and as I said on last week's show, I feel terrible for people who have. I asked Tony and Tony sort of said, yeah, you know, I think I have, you know, they've lost faith, not just in, you know, not just in things like the IRS, which we can all pick on, but like, you know, the judicial system, yeah. they think it's rigged, right? The Supreme Court, you know, the FBI, local authorities, once you start thinking everybody's corrupt, then you are susceptible to any kind of a con man coming in to fill that void, Sure, especially when he plays into it. Yeah. You know, everybody's out to screw well, you. Everybody's out to get you. Yeah. I'm the only one that knows how rigged the game is. And the and only one I, who can I, fix I it. Play it right yeah and the only one who can fix it yeah i know how rigged the game is and i'm the only one who can fix it it's and scary. people are like yeah it is rigged it is dirty everybody's reaching in my pocket we had a delivery guy yesterday now this is a guy who delivers for the liquor company he's a his blue collar as the day is long i'm sure he barely has a high school education and and i would certainly engage him but it wasn't the right circumstance he was talking something about uh, i can't remember how we got on it but he said something about you know how he's t oh I, I tell you exactly what it was it was uh, oh boy this is bad going on over there in the mid-east isn't it yeah james it seems to be you know and would you ever like to go over there so i told him i'd love to go over what i told you i you know i've always said that would be a great trip i got no interest i could care less how those people live it doesn't affect me doesn't affect my life okay Say, that's a lot of people who say that. Sure. And then he goes on to say, <clears throat> he says, but you know what? Maybe I would like to see, just because we're taxed so much in this country and we just bend over and take it. Maybe in other countries, they're not taxed like we are. You're not taxed that much in America. You're really not. Taxes are like at historic lows. But the perception, again, becomes the reality. When Fox yeah. is telling you that, you know, you pay too much in taxes, then you just repeat that. Yeah. It, it is. Taxes have done nothing but go down since 1980. Right. And, and people like you and me, I think you, you try to make an effort to deal more in reality than talking points. But there is that yes. group of Fox News folks. And, and look, I'm sure those they're the same. Some we, we've got some, some of those folks, folks on too. the left. Yeah. Yeah, there's, yeah, some equivalents for sure. But, man, talking to a lot of Republicans, it does just feels like. You can't have a real conversation where you're really talking about stuff because it just goes to talking points 
and the things that they want to be true. America's right. becoming a shithole. Crimes yes. overrunning every city. Yeah, absolutely. Like you can't go anywhere Homeless anymore. Are everywhere. You right. can't go when you actually look into it. You know, you find it's one section of San Francisco or it's one part of New York. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So it's just misleading and misrepresenting to make a bigger point that, you know, Joe Biden's president in America has never been worse in the history of all America. You know, please God, someone save our dying country. I don't think this has anything to do with Joe Biden, but I paid two ninety nine for gas the other day. Oh my God. Somebody was saying three bucks today. So well, I, I, like I saw this interesting article, Tristan, a little bit convoluted, but it was one of those. I always look at the stock app because, you know, we got a couple bucks invested and in, you know, how, how the market do yesterday. I'm not, a, I don't live and die by it, but I look at it and there's always really good articles attached to that app. And there was an article about crude production. So Russia, for obvious reasons, has cut way back on their crude production, and so has um, Iraq or Iran, one of the biggies, as if I know the difference. But they put out a particular crude that is more diesel-oriented, where the crude that comes from America is sweet crude, which I've always heard that term, sweet crude. It just means it has much less sulfur. Um, But American uh, manufacturers are trying to make as much diesel as they can to fill that void because diesel's very high because of the shortage from Russia and, and let's say it's Iran. Um, but in so doing, because of the chemistry, you can't just produce crude to make diesel. You also get gasoline. So like for every barrel of crude, they're getting two barrels of gasoline. They don't really need, there's plenty of gas now. They don't really need it. But in order to get the crude, they're still continuing to make it. Oh, wow. And that's what's driving the price down. Works so for me. So there's actually a surplus of the crude oil from which gasoline comes, and so the price is dropping. Yeah, it works for you, right? Pretty nice, yeah. And they say uh, it well, should be months that? before you see an increase, and you probably will continue to see a decrease. Wow. And now, is Fox going to be on there going? Because <laughs> I heard a lot of Fox say, look at these gas prices. Biden sucks. Yeah, well, and- now it's getting down under three bucks. Are we going to give any kudos to the old boy? Because I don't think no he's chance. responsible either way. But, sure. You know. No, no. I think it's, it's pretty much proven that presidents have a pretty minimal impact on, on gas, gas prices. prices. yeah. Right. So I was talking to a Republican uh, lady today who made the point that, uh, and she was the one that said she had $3 gas and pointed out that, you know, people complain about gas prices, but if you look at how much our money is worth now compared to what it was 20 years ago, $3 gas is probably what a buck 75 was, you know, 1998, which is fair. Yeah. That would be a good show. Why do prices keep increasing? (laughs) No, yeah. And I don't even mean in terms of anything political or inflation, just like the history. Why can't you just set a price at a buck and then, but I guess, you know, I don't know. Inflation. Greed, right? It's, it's our, yeah, the greed of everybody trying to make more and more money on the backs of the little guy. I saw Frontline last night on Elon. He's a, he's an interesting cat. He was, they were talking specifically about him shutting down reporters on uh, Twitter after he took it over, before yeah. it became X, you know he was the man, he was the man of the people and freedom of the press. And then they uh, actually, what this reporter did was uh, tracked his private jet to see where he was, and he hated that because he's all about his freedom. So right. he blocked her, and she was on there, African American woman from the, I think she was a New York Times reporter, and she was like, no, he just threw me off Twitter, and then several others tried to pick up where she had left off, and he did the same to them. Wow. So. Yeah, I mean, people are, they're free up until, you know, freedom of the press right up until it affects them. Well, and I would say the same thing about that lady that I said about Donald Trump getting kicked off Twitter. I think, in my mind, it it appeals both ways. The Constitution doesn't have a section for social media. So, to me, you're not promised by anything. Like, your free speech isn't to have access to MySpace. Like, it, I have no, I, I, I can't worry about that i mean you just assume that if a social media platform gets to republican then a left-wing platform will spring up to me i don't know that you can govern that in such a way that people are promised some type of equal no you can't promise of time and algorithm on social media so no the fairness doctrine they tried to do that but still you know it's 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 difficult to do but i i I have to say on twitter i'm kicking off people that piss me off too unless i'm not illegally allowed to yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, I, and there's a good argument to be made on the other side of that, but that's, you know, to, to be so. fair based on how I felt about Trump. Well, sir, somehow we 
done it again. Yeah, only one smidge. Our first dead air in over two years. That was pretty funny. Three seconds. We yeah. were looking at each other, and so we segued into sports. I think <laughs> that's it. <laughs> there was actually like four seconds of dead air. Maybe maybe Troy can edit that. That's too funny, man. <laughs> so you got some some good jokes for us here. Well, I you know I um I was gonna edit them, not edit them, but look for one. But you know what? It's better to just open up the book and I say, like that because yeah. I think too the badness of some of the jokes are good. Like you almost want them to suck sometimes. Okay, well this one sucks, and as, <laughs> and as and as we get to uh, as we get towards Halloween, do you know why skeletons? I'm sorry. Why don't skeletons ever go trick or treating? Uh, no idea. Because they have no body to go with. Oh, nice. On that same on that same vein, how did the monster? Oh, this is so bad. This is a groaner. This is from dad jokes from dad's flooring and dad a dad joke from dad's flooring. How did the monster cure his sore throat? Uh. How? He spent all day gargoyling. Oh, oh nice. I told you you'd pretty moan good. on that That's one. That's pretty good. That one is pretty. definitely dead. So I guess this is the Halloween page. A ghost was barred from entry to a local club. Uh, Jesus, Ray. <laughs> a ghost was barred from entry to a local pub. They don't serve spirits. Oh, very nice. <laughs> Are you, have you picked out? You do Halloween. Halloween's big for you. I'm. Yeah, I like Halloween well enough. Do you, any costume this year? Man, I, I haven't wore a costume in several years. Oh, I thought you did. Nobody invites me to anything. Oh, I would want to go do something. Me but, either. You know, yeah. But I'm not going to go to like a bar probably. No. But if somebody no. was doing something, yeah, I would be in. Oh, I couldn't even. Yeah, that's really. That's years and years and years since I was in a Halloween costume. But I can remember back when I was DJ in Tristan, almost without exception, the Halloween parties were the best parties of the year. Halloween, Halloween New Year's. Awesome. They're awesome. I think the inhibitions go away. People are in, 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 yeah. in, you know, in costume and right. Halloween parties crazy and you know what would happen almost invariably now it's changed almost without exception that saturday was the saturday that the clocks moved back and i can recall a half a dozen times where guy girl whoever was hosting the party would come up and go uh no it's only midnight no it's fucking one o'clock i mean they've moved it been there like no you got to play for another hour no i've played my four <laughs> hours i don't have to play i can play for another hour but you're gonna pay me that's pretty great oh no, man it really exactly no no see oh <laughs> jesus nice. yeah oh man so i guess i'll thank the sponsors and then this is what i'm gonna do today for some comedy Usually what I like to do is have a little comedy queued up when I don't have something written out. Oh, mate, let me stop you there. Sure. My brother was familiar with that Norm bit. That was a funny bit. And I told Brielle Pretty that good. bit, too. Yeah. You know, people... Uh, You're not familiar with life yeah, when and how it commit, just gets worse? When people commit suicide, others say, oh, I don't know why that happened. You don't? Really? What do you live in a cotton candy house? <laughs> Oh, oh, he was so funny. God, but how cynical is that? But it's so it's, true. It's cynical, but there is some truth there, which is what makes it funny. It's funny. Yeah. So um, so what I usually do is I will have it queued up, and I will hold it to the microphone, and the audio on that is mediocre. March. Yeah. So what I've done today is I've emailed it to Troy, so he will add it. So what I would like for us to do is we will... Pretend like I'm going to do it here, and then we can fake laugh as though it was hilarious. And I don't even know what it is. So, it, okay. so this is upcoming guest, Kevin McCaffrey. And I forget what he was talking about, but I remember thinking it was pretty fun. Oh, I think he was talking about people who drive cop car looking cars. Oh, yeah. And how they suck. So, <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to pull this up right now, Ray, okay. and we'll listen and see what you think. Good. All right. Here we go. Hey, those people who drive cars that look like cop cars. <laughs> but are not cop cars. If you have one of those, congratulations, you're an asshole. You're ruining everyone's feet. Stop doing this. And if you do have that car, you have it only to be an asshole. No one just likes that style of car the best. No one saves up all the money and goes to the dealership and is like, actually, I'm only interested in the all-white 2002 Crown Victoria. It's Extra long antenna, no bumper stickers, tinted windows, in-state license plate, but shady somehow. And it wouldn't be a problem if the fake cop car was going 85 in the left lane, but that's never what the fake cop car is doing. It's always going like 54, and you're like, well, I can't, I can't pass a cop. You won't even need the radar gun for it. be like, I saw that. What are you doing? Oh. 
So you gotta do the thing where, like, they're going 54, I creep up at like 54 and a half. <laughs> making slow progress, like he's not gonna notice. You're coming up, and then I, I peek in the window to like judge his face, I guess. <laughs> like, how much for cop does this look like? Buzz cop, little racist? I'm pulling back on this one. We'll let this one go. But it never is. It's always some 85-year-old man who can't see over the steering wheel. And like, thank God I speed twice as fast to make up for all the time I just lost. <laughs> also, I should say, if we have any officers here tonight, first of all, thank you for your service. <laughs> but I should say, y'all should know that when you do that thing, when you park on the median in the highway, that makes everyone go the speed limit for five seconds. <laughs> That's it. This is my impression of everyone when you see the cop car in the meeting. Oh shit! <laughs> Back to normal. So it doesn't make things safer. If anything, it makes things less safe. Because you see all the brake lights go on for no reason. And like, oh my god, did a child just run onto the highway? What's happening? Oh no, we're just pretending for this guy. Five seconds. <laughs> That's that, right. That it's true. That's right, yes. It's so true. That's true. <laughs> right. Oh, that's funny. So thanks to Troy for editing in yes, that yes. clip. I appreciate you, Front Porch Studios. Tony, we do epoxy. One day you will straighten out the judicial system. Uh, Berea <laughs> Just the jury. Just the jury system. The jury system only. Okay. <laughs> uh, Berea Pond, Dad's Flooring, of course, Nate with Stoveleg Media and the Rational Boomer Podcast. We appreciate all you guys so much. Ray, I appreciate it. Yes. Yeah, so have a great week, Tris. See you, you next week. Take hey, care. maybe next week we'll have something prepared. <laughs> I like that idea. Well, we, you should bring three things. I'll bring three okay, things. Okay, deal. And then, and then deal. we'll never have another eight seconds of dead air. That sounds great. <laughs> right. Thanks, Tris. Take care.